0: Okay, good morning. Good morning, Ben. Set, set up. I don't like notes, but I just want to stick with a wee bit of what I've written this, this morning. Mm. Uh, because I believe that God has uh, a word for us this morning. I just want to... Uh, I've had three different messages in my mind this week. One, <laughs> uh, I started off, I was going to bring a word on Esau a uh, challenge from Esau uh, about birthrights. Uh, because I saw a, a post on Facebook by a Church of Scotland minister this week in bold letters that Christians have no rights. Uh, and in one aspect that's right because you're under complete surrender. But in another sense it's not right because we have birthrights. You know, and we need to start. But uh, as the weeks progressed, that's maybe from now morning, when we learned to speak about uh, about Esau and how he sold his birthright. Uh, then I went to Nehemiah and uh, I thought I was going to produce a, a word on Nehemiah this morning uh, about his, his great uh, prayer or his great speech before the king. The king says, What do you want? He says, I want to go to the city and rebuild it. You know, and that's a great message. I want to go to the city and rebuild it. But this morning, Uh, I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing me to a different passage. But I want to start by reading uh, something that I wrote. And it's this here. That your, your city has a trespasser in it. A trespasser is a person who has no right to be there. And I believe that we need to see that Glasgow has a trespasser in it. Great. Scotland has a trespasser in it who's no right to be here. But is walking in the midst of our cities. And he's walking in the midst of our land. And as that trespasser walks, he he is regulating and influencing what has been given to him. You know what I mean by that, don't you, this morning? The enemy, the devil and his cohorts, they're trying to steal health this morning, kill hopes with a, with a lot of discouragement, yeah. and destroy the lives of the believers. Yeah. We're going to stand against that, amen. amen? We're going to come and say the trespasser no longer has access into our cities. Absolutely. Yeah. The trespasser has no longer any access into our nation. Amen. Because the church, the ecclesia Has the authority To put the trespasser out That the trespasser has no right right To continue to stay stay. In Scotland because The the ecclesia is rising Arise Scotland In order to put the trespasser out And to put the king of kings upon the throne That Jesus will reign In Scotland And that once again, the hills and the valleys will be filled with praise to our God. Do you long for these days? Does your heart get excited? Does it beat faster when you envisage Scotland being a saved disciple nation? And I believe that these meetings that we have here in Glasgow, and they're happening all over the place, but I believe there's going to be a coming together of light-hearted minds and spirit from unusual places around Scotland coming together to stand as one and to see the King of Glory reigning again in Scotland. I believe that was an word from Bill this morning yeah. as he gave that word and I believe my heart got excited this morning as we come to a place of listening to what the spirit is saying and we want to make sure that the ecclesia is the authorized is authorized to enforce to enforce the authority the Lord has given it we don't walk in our own authority this morning. We don't walk in our own power this morning. We walk in the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we want to walk through this land declaring that and that the trespasser has to go. But so much this morning. The power of the Ecclesia is like Samson, that has been shorn from it. We've allowed the power to depart from us we believe the lies we believe the lies of the enemy this morning that tells us that these days are past no they're not There are nothing in the word of God that has come to an end until Jesus comes and I believe this morning that we need like Samson and I believe we're going to get that one more time I believe that Samson's hair has grown again in Scotland Amen. I really believe that Samson's hair is growing again. They never noticed it in prison. They never noticed it in captivity. But the thing that gave them the strength was starting to grow again. And I believe that Samson's hair is growing again in Scotland. I believe, I've never seen it, but I believe above Banff, up in the north of Scotland, or Port Soy along that coast, there's a rock up in the hill and written on it is this statement Samson's hair is growing again and I believe that's true and I'm Samson because my father's name was Sam <laughs> and my hair is growing again but prophetically Samson's here is growing again one more time Lord it only takes one more time and as they put him out in display, unknown that his strength had returned, and his arms went round the pillar as it was holding up the building. One more time, Lord. One more time. And the trespassers, the Philistines, the anti-God, were pulled down. And I'll cry this morning, God, one more time. One more time. It's all it'll take. Because there's isn't time for any anymore. Time is short. The end is, a, is about to come. One more time. For Scotland to become a disciple nation. Do you believe the Great Commission this morning? Yes, I do. Come on, do you believe the Great Commission? Yes, Go and make disciples yes. of all nations. Yes. And I believe that the time has come. I really do. I want to turn this morning to 2 Kings chapter 3. You might wonder why we're going back into... Old Testament history, but uh, it's wonderful to know that all Scripture has been written for our learning. Amen. There is not one word of Scripture that that is spare. Every word of God is spoken for a reason and for a purpose. And this morning as we look at 2 Kings chapter 3, to me, this is, this is a standout chapter uh, in, in the history of Israel. And I believe it's got lessons for us this morning. There are keys in here this morning for us, okay? If we're going to take the keys this morning, we can turn these keys and we can change our cities. Let's read some verses. Uh, I haven't got time to read the whole chapter this morning. Uh, but we'll, we'll touch on different passages. But I want to read the start of it. Joram, son of Ahab, verse number one, became king of Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And he reigned 12 years, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, but not as his father and mother had done. He got rid of the sacred stone of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sons of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to to commit or to sin. He did not turn away from them. Now Misha, king of Moab, raised sheep and he had had to supply the king of Israel with a hundred thousand lambs and with the wool of a hundred thousand rams. But after Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So all the time, King Joram, so at that time, King Joram set out from Samaria and mobilised all Israel he also sent this message to Jehoshaphat, king of Israel, eh, king of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against him? I will go with you," he replied I am. I am as you are. My people are as your people. My hopes, my horses, as your horses. But what route shall we attack? He said, "Through the desert of Edom." He answered. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, Edom, and round about marched. For seven days the army had no more water for themselves or for their animals with them. What exclaimed the king of Israel has the Lord called us three kings together only to hand us over to Moab? I'm going to stop reading there. It's interesting about types. I'm just going to take a minute or two just to speak about types this morning. Moab, Moab is a type of the flesh. Whenever you read it, Moab Old Testament, you think, of oh, as oh, oh, a type of the flesh. That which is always warring against the spirit. You know, we get that in Galatians chapter 5, where the spirit wars against the, the flesh. Moab is a type of the flesh. The king of Israel is represented by Jeroboam the revolt between Jeroboam and Rehoboam away back after, after the, the king died, Solomon died, and there was a revolt in, in the kingdom between Rehoboam and Jeroboam, and Jeroboam took Israel, the ten tribes of Israel, into the north, and created a kingdom that was not of God. And he, the, the epitaph that you always read about Jeroboam is that he caused Israel to sin. What an epitaph to have. So here we've got this 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 uh, this, this picture of second Kings chapter three. We've got the the flesh in operation, revolting against the king of Israel. And then we've got Jehoshaphat representing the kingdom of God, because they were faithful to God's promises and they stayed round about Jerusalem. But then you've got Edom comes in there now. Edom. Uh, is represented here and he comes from Esau (laughs) Uh, Esau the man who sold his birthright. and so here we've got a conglomeration of, uh, of a force that is trying to impose a will on the people of Moab trying to bring more back into subjection trying to bring the flesh back into subjection and so you've got Jeroboam caused Israel to sin. Esau, who sold his birthright. Moab, type of the flesh. And, and Jehoshaphat joining forces with them. And these verses that are read together to start, there's something missing. And As you look at it, as you're reading it carefully, you'll notice that there is not one word from God. It was all done by human endeavour. Israel, the king of Israel saw that Moab had revolted, rebelled. He called on Jehoshaphat, who without seeking the Lord, said we'll join you. And then as he went down into Edom, the king of Edom, he joined them too. What a conglomeration! David Wilkerson, the late David Wilkerson, he had a sermon or he wrote a book i don't know what it was and this is what he called it god is interested in who your friends are and i think that's true what should we keep up with what you will work with what you will minister with because on the surface it might be good to say oh wonderful we've got all this group together we're all working together but it's not a work from god when we're working together in our nation it must be a word from God because if it's not a word from God it's human endeavour and we've come to the end of human endeavour amen we've come to the end in Scotland of a few churches working together and saying oh this is great but it's human endeavour unless it's a distinct word from God we need the strategy of God at this time not the strategy of men no matter how learned they are in in church history or in the the churches today we need to hear what God is saying because if we don't hear what God is saying we're marching on human endeavour and that was what happened here when they came they, 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 they lacked nothing. This would be a well-equipped army. They would have the, the, the chariots, the horses, the, the weapons. They lacked nothing. They would say, from the flesh, here's an important army that's going to do amazing things. But because they were going on human endeavour, they run out of water. Now water in the Old Testament is a type of the Word of God. Water in the New Testament is a picture of the Spirit of God. Anytime you do water in the Old Testament it really is a type of the Word of God, water in the New Testament is a type of the Spirit of God. Please folks this morning, don't do anything except by the Spirit and the Word of God. Because that's the only way we're going to take the cities back. It's the only way we're going to take the nation back. And so here's this force. They're marching down and they find themselves. They had substituted God's power with their own ingenuity and strategy. We've seen it. (laughs) We've seen it time after time after time. And we keep doing the same things time after time after time and we expect to see different results how foolish it's time to seek God's face and that really means seek God's face not this, not, not sort of five minutes prayer meetings but this is a time when the people of God need to come together humbly and Hide the face of the clock. Our diners are too full. Our lives are too full. We want to see God move in power. But God's got to fit in with our movements. And that doesn't work. We need to learn how to take time with God individually, but we need to take time with God collectively. There needs to be these Azusa Street type coming together, we were there to seek God's face. Everything that's human goes out the window we concentrate on hearing from God. Up in the Hebrides, if God never moved in meeting, they were disappointed. You know, they were actually disappointed. If God never moved in a meeting, If they felt there was no presence of God, they were hurt. Modern scenario today, there's always next the week. There's always tomorrow the night a bit all happen tomorrow night. But Duncan Campbell and those that were working with him, they believed that meeting broken-hearted, that God hadn't moved. And they would go to a farmhouse or a croft house and they would seek God until three, four o'clock in the morning. We need to be prepared to do this. We need to break our schedules. We need to cut through our diaries. We need to get rid of complacency. We need to have a heart that seeks after God. And if God doesn't move, we need to get his presence and ask him why. They would go to a croft house. They were crofters. They had to be up at six o'clock in the morning to tend their crofts. But hearing God's voice was far more important. But the amazing thing was that they could pray till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and rise at 6 o'clock and they were refreshed. They were never tired. They were never worn out. You know, human endeavour wears you out. When you're trying to make things happen, it's so tiring. It's exhausting. When you're trying to do things in your own strength, it wearies you. But when you're seeking after God's will, when you're seeking after God's purpose, time is irrelevant. Your days are uh, irrelevant. And I believe this morning, God is speaking to us about laying down everything to hear what he's saying about our cities. And so here's this motley crew, this well-equipped army, going with all the equipment, all the strategy, all the planning that they had done and it came to nothing because they like water. One, they lacked a word from God, and two, they lacked a movement of the Spirit of God. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth, I might be wrong here. Yeah. My elders are correct me down here. It said that when the word and the Spirit come together, yeah. that's when we see the yeah. hand of God. Yeah. Moving. Yeah. What was that, Alex? Sorry prophesied in South Africa That was it was yes. Wonderful word, isn't it? And so we come to this place that we're around. You know, one phrase captured me. Uh, if you've got a King James, uh, it'll say that they when they were in the, the desert of know that they set a compass. I think that's how it goes in the King James. Others, it was said, they, they walk round about for seven days. If you go into the Hebrew, it really means that they just went round in circles. They just went round in circles. You know, that's human endeavour. You keep going round in circles. Round in circles, round in circles. I remember when God called me to this, this present time of ministry, I was actually sitting in Dunblane Hydro reading a book by John Estein called Rivers of Living Water. Amen. And I was reading John Esteen's book and he spoke about the donkey that uh, Jesus actually sent for so that we could win the Jerusalem. He said, You'll find a donkey tied up. So when a donkey's tied up, it, 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 it just goes out in circles. It can't go anywhere. And the Spirit of God said to me, Beth, that's who you are. You've been going out in circles for too long. And it said, Release well, the donkey and bring him to me, so that he might bear the Son of God in Jerusalem. You know, the, that, I can remember that afternoon in Dombay Hydro, reading that. And say, God, I want to be released. I want to be released to serve you. And what a moment that was in my life, because I felt so free, so released from the system that had been in, and going round in circles. I want to. I want to say one thing. This morning. the circles and blocks are comfortable places, because you know where you're going. <laughs> you have been round the blocks only. <laughs> God wants to take you out of that God wants to break the circle this morning of your life Amen. God wants to ask you to come off the training convention this morning because he wants to put you on a new path and I believe he's speaking to every one of us this morning that he wants to put us on a new path this morning a new path that seeks his presence in a new way in a way that we'll won't give him rest day or night <laughs> I <hear> like <Alec. coughs> so speaking back there about the walls, about the watchman, the walls. I believe it says in Isaiah that to give God no rest, there until. You know, there's important words in the Bible. Until is an important word in the Bible. Now is an important word in the Bible. From is an important word in the Bible because it all sets periods of time. Don't move God, rest until. I want you to put that until into your prayer life this morning. I want me to put that until into my prayer life this morning. Don't move away from the presence of God until you break through and there's breakout. That's a challenge, isn't it? That is a real challenge. But I want to move on because I always run out of time. But uh, I've got uh, an extra 10 minutes because we didn't sing so many hymns this month. But I like praise and worship. Amen. I really do. I think it enters us into the presence of God. Walking in circles. We need to admit that something is going wrong. If you and I are walking in circles of something wrong, we've lost intimacy. We've lost the expectation. We've lost the excitement about serving and going forward with the loving God. You know, you and I are part of God's plan and purpose. Amen. You are part of God's plan and purpose this morning. And He wants us to move out of the circles. Into the freedom to go where God chooses to go. And it might not be where you want to go. <laughs> you might delay, you might have to lay things down this morning in order for God to take you onto the next level, onto the next step. It's quite hard to lay things down, you know. Especially things that have been successful. Especially things that have, that have taken so much of my life. You know the interesting thing is, and I'm going, I'm going on to a different message here, but I want to share it. I want to go back to Hezekiah. You know that brazen serpent that Moses has lifted up in the wilderness. So powerful, so precious. And yet, in Hezekiah's time, it was something that had become an idol. See, we've got to watch that things in our life that once were powerful, and growing, have become idols. Yeah. And we're afraid to move away from them. We're afraid to lay them down. And the first thing Hezekiah did, when he came to the throne, read about it in, in Kings, he smashed the brazen serpent that Moses said, he smashed it, Hezekiah. Yeah. Because it had become an idol. And it no longer was relevant to the purposes and plans of God in this day, in this generation. What are you hold on to? What are you holding on to this morning? That once was perfectly used of God, it's, it's become an idol. It's time to lay it, it's time to smash it. It's time to break it And then You'd expect the king of Israel just to say these words oh, God's brought us out here To hand us over to the Moabites You know No faith No faith at all In God But Jehoshaphat, that godly king That man have sought of God says before he joined us This, this, this uh, uh, I don't know what you call it This This trail of, uh, of, of of people, marching at their own will. But Jehoshaphat, he sees sense now, and this is what he says. And we come to verse number, uh, verse number eleven. But Jehoshaphat said, "Is there no prophet?" Of the Lord here, that we may inquire of the Lord through Him. Maybe God's speaking this morning to you and to me. When we have come to the end of our human endeavour, I can't remember that song. It's a, uh, his uh, His grace has only begun. And so here, Josaphat, they've come to the end of their own endeavour. They've come to the end of their own supply. They've come to the end of their own energy. They've come to the end of everything. All their plans have come to naught. And they're about to die because there's no water. There's no word from God. There's no spirit of God. And Josaphat says "This are not a man of God nearby that we can inquire and see what God's will is. And an officer, an officer in the army said, yes there is. Elisha is nearby. Elisha is nearby. Oh folks this morning I'm speaking, I'm speaking to leaders here this morning. Okay. If there's an officer in your in your in, in your congregation, one who's hearing from God listen to the okay. <laughs> because sometimes after it wasn't to people that we didn't think had the word of God, at. but there might be someone in the congregation this morning who's hearing from God more than you're hearing from God. And the officer said, Yeah, there is a man. There is a prophet, Elisha. And the crowd gave this great. Wonderful description of who Elisha was. But he only says one thing about Elisha. Pour water on Elisha's hands. Isn't that wonderful? You know, take care of the small things. And God will take care of the big things. You know, it says he poured water. He refreshed the hands of Elisha. That's the man you want to go to. That's the man you want to go to. I want to tell you, nobody would have thought twice about these two old days the hebrides They wouldn't have given them a second look. When we're speaking about bringing in revival, bringing in the power of God, nobody would have given a second look. I remember travelling down through Harris, Lewis and Harris, on one of my, my prayer journeys, I remember that, I spent the night in the, the Isle of, Isle of Tarbert Hotel at Tarbert and Harris. And I had met with the two doctors, the two fishing doctors on the night before. And uh, I was heading over to North west and I was heading into Ben you have some meetings with leaders. But the two doctors said you must go and visit this old lady. She so loves down the Golden Road. Now if you ever been in Harris? Have you ever been in Harris? Em, em, you, been in Harris? Yes. You, you know where the Golden Road is? you know where the Golden Road is? Yes. The Golden Road, yes. the Golden Road <laughs> goes, it's just outside the target and uh, if you want to go down the, the west side you've got the road that brings you down into Leighamborough and you've got a road, a new road that was built on, on the right hand side. It's called the Gold Road because it costs so much to put <laughs> out. but it's still a single track road. And in order for me to find this already, lady, they, they gave me their map. Now their map was different from the map I had, because if you're called out at night, there are no street maps. And they could be called out to a a, a cross, an outmanding cross. So this lady stayed away uh, out in the wilds. And so they gave me their map where I had to count the cattle gates. And I had to look for certain trees. And to look for a broken down wall. (laughs) That was the map they gave me so I could reach this old lady who was a prayer warrior. You know, and so here's this old lady faithfully praying. Nobody knew she was there. God knew. And these two, these two Christian doctors knew. And they said, you must visit her. So on my way the next morning down to get the ferry across into North Uist, I went down the golden road. I counted the cattle grids. I looked for this tree. And I looked for this broken wall. And I turned up and I found this, this lady. And I found a lady who was on fire for God. And that was it, because she gave a word to me. You know, we sometimes have to listen to other people rather than just what we ourselves are hearing from God. And the wonderful thing about this about Jehoshaphat and the other two kings, normally they, they'd have sent for Elisha, but they were humble enough to go down to where Elisha was. You know, I call this humility and leadership. We need to bring back humility and the leadership again. We need to get rid of the arrogance of leadership. We need to get rid of the arrogance that we are the only ones who hear from God. That is not true. And so the three kings wended their way down to Elisha. Is that clock stopped? Ha Oh, it's gone again. <laughs> I don't know what time it is. Wow. Oh. i must draw a close. They went down to hear what the man of God said. And if it hadn't been for Joseph, I wish I Elijah would have seen because he looked at the king of Israel, Jonah, and he didn't evil And the king of Edom, he wouldn't look up. But he yeah. said, The only one who cried of God because of you, Josephine. Josephine was a man of God. And he called for his, his harpist, or, his, or whatever he called for, his, his musician. And as he played, the spirit of God came on him. And this is what I want to finish with this morning. It's interesting that if the man of Khojavansha, said to an equipped army, go by and dig ditches. Go by and dig ditches. Because there's something going to happen that you're not going to see, but it's going to be worth it. I want to speak for a minute or two on being retooled. I think that expression I think it came from a guy called John Dawson How to take the cities for God. It might be this morning that God has said that you need to be retooled. Because this army only had swords. This army only had, had things to fight battles with. But the word of God says that what we've been doing is not going to have any effect. See, so David had to be retooled. When he said he was going to go against Goliath, so put his armour on him. Because it served Saul, but it wasn't going to serve David. David had to to retool. We had to take the sword that Saul had given him from the later sign. And pick up a stone with five stones. You see, for the next phase, God might have to retool us. I believe this is the word from God this morning. That we might have to be retooled. We might have to change or tactics, we might have to change what we've been using because for the next phase of God to, to shine through, he might want us to do something different. That's a challenge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so, the three kings went back and told this army that they were changing tide; that their swords were not to be used for fighting, they were to be used for digging. Because if they hadn't dug, they would have died. Because God was going to cause something to happen up in the mountains. It was going to flood the valley with water. Now they get these flash floods often in dry countries. One minute you could be standing in a dry dry river bed and within a short period of time it's overflowing with water because of the flash flood comes through. But it just goes right through. We don't want to miss the next move of the Spirit of God. Because I believe that God is doing something out of our sight. As good as result, it's going to result in seeing a the blood and ground. Revival is the sovereign of God, but it requires foot soldiers on the ground. And I, wrote, I wrote something down here, and if I can just find it. Yeah, here it's here. You know, it takes a combination of humility and boldness and desperation and prayer that will cause us to seek out God's counsel in the midst of hopelessness and to obtain his mercy and his grace. It takes humility To say, God, what I've been doing, it's been good in the past. But I want to humble myself before you. And I want to seek your face. I want to be bold. And I want to have desperate prayer. Whether it was, I wrote this down, I don't know where I got it from. Whether it was Evan Roberts in the 1904 Welsh Revival or the four men who persevered in prayer prior to the 1859 Northern Ireland Revival, or the two elderly sisters and a few men that interceded prior to the 1948 Hebride's Revival, or the numerous people who have been catalysts of prayer uh, and come today the transformation the templates. One consistent factor is non-negotiable. These faithful ones were like the officer of the king. In 2 Kings chapter 3, they were alive to and aware of the situation at hand. In spite of the badness everywhere, a lack of water, proper resourcing, this man knew when to introduce the God's Factor. And we might not be conscious that we we'll have left the God's Factor out because we become so comfortable with what we're doing. We've done it so often, but become so weary. And maybe God's saying, listen, it's time. For to change the city, you need to change the way that you work. And so he sent the three kings back to dig the ditches in order that when the water came through, There was places that could hold the water. Is there a place in Glasgow that could hold the water? Is there a place in Glasgow that could, if the the water of the Spirit floats through the city, would there be a place in Glasgow that could hold the water? Mm -hmm. See, we need to start preparing places that will hold the water. And that comes from desperate prayer, seeking God's face and being prepared to change the way that we work. This is a challenge to me this morning, and I pray it's a challenge to you, that we need to get back to seeking God's face, because God has a strategy for Glasgow. But what is it? We need men and women who will hear what God's saying. Prepare the way for him coming. Be able to be containers for the water. That brings refreshing and revival to our city. So much more we can say from this chapter. Just an amazing chapter. But I'm just going to leave it there. I believe God's challenged us this morning. I believe God's spoken this morning. And I pray that God will use his word mightily in the bringing of his move of the Spirit, not only into the city of Glasgow, but into our beloved nation of Scotland. That we see the Elijah Spirit standing on the mountain. Today, the heart of this nation is being turned back to God. Are you prepared to change this morning? Am I prepared to change this morning? If God says, we've got to retool and reshape our ministries, reshape our pathways, reshape our thinking in order for the next move of God to be experienced and seen in our nation for his glory. Amen.